Hi, welcome back to the Audible. Kim Bocamp or John Conjemi with you. And John, I, you know what? I, I got to tell you, I got to be honest with you. Um, early in that football game, interception, first, first play. play of the game. Yeah. You're down 10 nothing, and, and, and you know what? You know what went into my mind? Geez, what are we going to talk about during the Audible? <laughs> you know, I'm you going, know I'm I'm going oh, man, this is going to be one I of those days. I wonder how fast Bo's going to leave for Anthony's after yeah, this game. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. But, uh, boy, I tell you what, what a what a football game. Yeah, that was unbelievable. And, and what a, you know, what a chance to watch a, foot, a young football team that had really over the last two weeks struggled to play well. Um, it looked like the wheels were coming off the team. It looked like it was just going to be they're going to run out the schedule and you know and, and just kind of get their way through. And for them to be down like that against a very good football team and fight back, boy, it says a lot about the integrity of those guys, the fortitude that they have, uh, the toughness to come back. And, and not only those players, but, John, the, the coaching staff – you know what they've done to have these guys ready to play when they're called upon, and and we were talking in the pregame show, and I'm looking at the secondary, and I'm going, oh my goodness, we I got, mean, we got issues. You got guys that are yeah. just coming. You know, Montre Hardage is is going to play in this game. He's just and just he was victimized him, on just, on one of those yeah, touchdowns, the early touchdowns. Just brought him up from yeah. the practice squad. Uh, you know, Ken Crowley. You're looking at these guys going, whoa, boy, this could be. But you know what, you know. Not the most talented guys in the league, but boy, they went out there and played and scrapped and kept them in the game. And not just those guys, but you know, this this was a this was a full team win, coaching staff all the way down to the last guy that stepped foot on that field. Well, you mentioned how it went south early with the first uh, play going for an interception, and then three plays later, the Eagles score. How about all the pressure in the pocket? And yep. you thought that, Ooh. I don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be able to make it through the first yeah. quarter. Yep. You know, it's 10 nothing. He's getting hit from every angle. We can't run the football again. Yep. This is not going to be pretty. This is going to be an ugly game. Yep. And I can't wait to turn the page to, to get to, you know, the Jets and the Giants and Cincinnati because this is a playoff team that we're facing that's in, a, in the hunt in the NFC. They have to win to keep pace. They got Dallas on the horizon. They just want to destroy the Miami Dolphins, yep. get some guys out of the game, and and then we'll go on from there. You know, the Dolphins can do whatever they yep. do in the month of December. We're on our way to the playoffs. And I don't know. I, this team, as you said, you have to start giving credit to the coaching staff and the players and, and combine that that synergy between the two because I think that the players are starting to adopt the grit and the and the demeanor of their head coach and the way the assistant coaches are coaching them on yeah. a daily basis. Because when you look at all those names, the Crowleys, yeah. the Hardage, the the Needhams, you know, the Lairds, uh, all those guys, Gasecki, you know, yeah. throw they'll throw everybody in there. Dieter, yeah, they're starting to they're getting better. Yeah, they're they're not only getting better, they're getting consistent. And yeah. I think it goes back to what they bring to work. On Wednesday, on Thursday, yep. on Friday, and it's starting to translate. Now it isn't all going to be smooth sailing. There's only three wins to talk yep. about this year, but the team has played better since those first two games. They've gotten progressively yep. better. They've hit some bumps in the road, but you know what? No names are becoming 
some names yeah. we might have to start learning as we move forward. You, you know, we, we knew what this season was going to be like once training camp was over, once you trade Tunsil, you know, once you get rid of these, you know, get rid of right. basically get rid of every every name, name player that, you that you've got. You, you get rid of them. You knew it was going to be a tough season, but I, I'm, I'm just kind of following up on your thought. You know, you, you know what I've seen. So, and, and I think I look, I look at two guys that, that are really that you that I could put my finger on as an example Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki. Mm-hmm. You know, Devontae hasn't been around for a while here. We, we you know, thought we knew and, who and, he and was we, and what he you was. Know, you, every year you expect a lot. You get, he looks good in, in, in mini camps, uh, he looks good in training camp. Pre-season. And then all of a sudden you get to the regular season and he makes a play here or there, but then he becomes an invisible guy. And and Mike Gusecki last year, who came in highly touted out of Penn State, second round draft pick. Hey, we found our tight end of the future, and 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 it just didn't materialize. Then you come back this year, and and you know look at what Devonte has become, and and I think that's because this is a coaching staff that is that that develops players and makes them better. Devonte, a. The, the, the turnaround in Devontae is remarkable. Mike Gusecki, from what he did last year to this year, you know, has gotten so much better. And then you start talking about those bit players, you know, the guys that were going to be backups, the guys that have to get called into the game because of injuries. And they may not be physically, they may not be talented enough physically to match up with guys, but they're doing the right things. They're playing the fundamentals of their defense or offense, and and fundamentally they're being as sound as they can be, and they're playing well. And, and to me, if 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 you're if you're a fan of this football team, and you're trying to look for a silver lining uh, around this season beyond the draft picks, beyond the amount of money you have for a free agency, look at a coaching staff that has taken a team that most people in the country believed would not win any games at all or maybe win one game and look at what they've done. They've been competitive now. They've won three and they've been competitive in probably four other games, seven games where, where, you know, where they've had chances. And, and, and I don't think anybody expected that. And, and to me it says a lot about what this staff has done day in and day out to stick with these guys and not get the woe is me. Geez, how are we going to play with these guys? And what they've decided to do is, you know how we're going to play with these guys? We're going to coach them up and get them better. You know what, Bo? You know what they're doing? They're doing their job. Yeah. They're coming in and they're going back to basics. We, we still, we, you win the penalties, you win the turnovers, yeah. you, you execute a little bit better than the other team, and, it turn, and you take advantage of certain opportunities – this team has done that, and yep. it, they've done that, as you said, since the fourth quarter, it seems like, of that Washington game yep. when Fitzpatrick came back into the lineup. This team, they didn't win a lot of games. They won, they won more than, than their share yep. in terms of what you thought, where we'd be at this point. But you know what? They've competed hard. They've played hard. They haven't really beat themselves too many times. Yep. And they've, they've been more disciplined than, than most of the teams they've yep. played. That's what puts them in position to maybe win a couple of games down the stretch. Yep. And, I, and I think that's a great trait to have because once the talent starts to increase on this roster to add to what the Miami Dolphins have, now if you can continue to keep the basics, what they've yep. taught this year about being disciplined, pre-snap, post-snap, in terms of integrity of what you're supposed to do on each play, 
things are going to start to get better, and they can get better quickly when you start adding some talent to this roster. Yeah, and, and, and I think when you look at you know the other thing, I think we talked about a little bit last week, and I've talked about a little bit with some of the coaches on the staff. You, you look at this team now, and you project towards next year. The Nick Needham's, uh, the Ken Webster's, uh, Adrian Colbert, uh, all all these guys, and and an offensive line. Some of the backups on the offensive right. line. Some of the back. You know, those a lot of those guys are going to become your depth, right? right? They're, they're probably you know they're, there's good. The guys are going to be drafted. They're, they're getting they're, the 16 game starting. rehearsal. You darn right to, to be able to have a, and maybe not even start next year. Right. Yeah. But 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 you'll know when they've called upon. They're ready. They will have played in in, in games. They will have gotten meaningful snaps. Right. They will have made meaningful meaningful plays, and and they would have and they they know the techniques. They know the fundamentals of how they want to play. So to me, when I look at at this going forward, again, forget about what happens in the in the in the upcoming uh, off season. I just think they're creating a situation that really is going to build a strong foundation to be that type of franchise. That if look, there's big ifs here. You you got to draft the right guys. Right, those guys got to be able to perform. You got if you're going to go out and buy free agents, those guys have to come in and they've got to make your team better. But all that being said, you know, it's the it's it's sometimes it's the guys that aren't the stars that carry a franchise to be that franchise that's battling for the playoffs and battling to get through the playoffs each and every year. Well, if guys like Mike Kosicki and Devontae Parker can continue with their level of play. That's two positions you don't have to go out yeah. and look for. And then, quite honestly, you, you thought you're going to have to really add yeah. to, to those two skill positions as as a fan, as a, a media guy, yeah. and, and watching this watching this team kind of grow. I would say, wow, beginning of the season, we I don't know how you can count on those yeah. two guys. You know, d- to be your starters, to be dominant yeah. players at those positions. Right now. Mike Kosicki looks like Gronk. Yeah, I mean, no. and I'm talking well, we gotta, about going up and getting the football and being a being a, available all over the field. Yeah. And I don't know what Devontae Parker turned into, but he looked like Randy Moss yeah. on Sunday. He was jumping up and over no matter who Philadelphia put out there, and there were multiple guys that tried to cover him. He was he was determined that that was his football, and he was going to come down with it. Yeah. And I love the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is making these guys believe that every pass that he throws is in the perfect spot for them to come down with it. Whether they hit him in stride or whether it's a jump ball, I feel like those guys have supreme confidence that Fitzy's going to put it in a spot where I can body up a guy, it's just going to hang, it has enough air that I can kind of position myself, time it, go up and spot it, and take it away from anybody in the league. And and John, I don't know... You know, I know I talked to talking to, to in the post game interviews and stuff, and and I know that Ryan at one point you know, I asked him kind of well, you know, what happened between the first half and the second half, and, and he said, well, I think I think we wore them down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was a little hot out there, yeah. certainly hot on their sideline, but that's that's the way it is. But I think there was more to it. I, th- I think you know that it, as we talk about those first three series, you go interception on the first play, punt, punt. And I think they had maybe. Six plays right. during those right. during those three series, mm-hmm. and you're going well, well. And then all of a sudden, things started opening. They started up. answering. They started answering, yeah. and, and you know, and you got 
Miles Gaskin doing something for you. You have Patrick Laird Laird. doing something for you. You have different guys guys doing different things. Defensively, guys making plays. Sam Egwavon, who we haven't heard from in a while. We haven't talked about him in a long time. I think Sam had kind of lost some snaps to to Vince Beagle and and to some of those guys. Van Ginkle, who's been getting some some snaps in there. So he comes back. You know, two sacks. I thought she, I should have thought they should have given the second sack to him. I think I they give too. it to Taco, but but I think that and then he makes a big play for a loss in a key moment in the game. So he steps in. So you know, the game just turned around from a standpoint that instead of their guys making plays, it was the Dolphin guys making plays. And again, you know, it, it's it's redundant because we say it every week, but boy, a lot of that falls right into the lap of Ryan Fitzpatrick and and his way, the way that he's handled this offense, and I don't know how he survived all the hits that he took in that game. Early. Early yeah, early um, in that right. game, but he found a way to kind of buy some time, steal some time, and make plays downfield. You know what I love about the way he plays? He practices exactly the way he plays in terms of he anticipates pressure better uh, than most quarterbacks because he le- he'll leave the pocket yep. a little bit early because he knows, he, he knows where there's – uh, penetration. He yeah. knows where you know his offensive line might not have the leverage to hold up, and he'll escape towards two receivers or yeah. towards a receiver, throw it on the run, and get out early to give that play a chance to continue. And I think that anticipation is why the Dolphins have had some success on third down, why they've had some success in staying ahead of the chains yeah. instead of getting behind on sacks or negative plays. And and I think also what what helps. Devontae and what helps Kosicki is you had the the Hearns of the world catch two or three passes. You had Wilson come yeah. up big on a handoff and on a you know uh, an end around on a on a wildcat and get a big run. You had Derm Smythe show up in the passing game and catch a couple passes. So it wasn't just two guys. The ball was getting yeah. spread around and the screen game really takes some pressure off the offensive line. Yeah. So I thought that game with the Eagles, yes, we were answering, but we were doing a lot of things to have those answers. Yeah. It wasn't just you know the two big plays and explosive plays down well, the field. Everybody was kind of pitching in. Yeah. There were a lot, lot of big plays in that game. Gusecki gave you big plays. Devontae gave you plays. Laird comes in on the screen, yeah. gives you a nice little you know nice little play there. Some defensive play, big plays in there. So it, it just uh, they, they were just able to loosen things up. And, and make things happen. You know, but I thought was, I thought Eric Rowe did a really good job yep. on Ertz as well, yes, going no down doubt. the field. You know, he yep. was running with him, strive, you know, making Made it, it tough, tough on him. him. Especially got down by the end zone. Yeah. Well, you know, he had to drop one in the end zone, drop one just short of the end zone, and, and he's all around there. And by the way, Eric Rowe comes up with a you know, a little contract extension, uh, which which is nice That's for right. him. You know, here you got over last year. You talk about some of these guys that we talked like like we were talking about earlier. You know, Eric Rowe. He was he was he was you know. When training camp started, it was who's going to line up opposite X. He was vying right? for that corner, and, and spot. he was just in the battle. He was in line. Right, now, he was one of the guys in line. Now, now he's played well enough to give him an extension. They want to see more. Alan Hearns, same way. Same way. He played his way into a contract extension, and and a guy that you you can count on next year as they're building this team toward next year. So it's a it's been a pretty remarkable uh, remarkable deal. Now you get to the, the other thing that. We're talking about Brian Flores is going for it on fourth down, trying the onside kick at the beginning of the second half again. All those things, you know, that 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 are in the repertoire that you see that he's not afraid to to pull out of the bag and and, and do. And you know, they've been good for the Dolphins sometimes. Sometimes they haven't worked, but it certainly has got every special teams coach in this in this league or 
defensive coaches on fourth downs, you know, kind of having to do some extra work to say, hey, you know, these guys are going to go for it at some odd time, and they're going to do some stuff that you don't expect when when it's least expected. So we better be ready for it. The gas pedal's down, it yeah. seems like, for special teams coach Danny Crossman. Yeah. He's got the green light from his head coach, Brian Flores, that – they do a lot of different things and, and none better than the one oh. by the goal line because, yeah. you know, the Dolphins were going backwards. I, I think they had maybe six negative plays in a row in terms of they yeah. had first and goal at the five, then they're at the four, then they're then they're back and, you know, they, they had a penalty and then they go back to the ten. It, a lot of frustrating plays in there where you're wondering, man, we got to settle for a field goal. We had it inside the five-yard line and you trot out this yeah. unusual formation. So, so let me ask you, John. That, that you, unbelievable. You, you saw that thing what'd you think well i saw it a little earlier a couple days yeah, earlier okay, so, yeah you've seen it so, practice so, so i i was kind of i was going man i had my fingers crossed yeah, going yeah. please work like yeah, it did, yeah. you know so it, it was great i mean i i i saw it work and i saw how it was supposed to work yeah. and it was pretty darn close to the way yeah. they drew it up on the whiteboard but I was thinking the overhand pass yeah, instead yeah. of the Brett Favre kind of yeah, yeah, flip. So I, I yeah. saw it come out, and I'm like, I'm thinking, you know what? what I, so you're going to ask your punter to to run because I figure it's you know you got uh, you, you know you, you got your center there, and and they got two guys, and you're going to fake one way and try to beat the other guy. The last thing the the last thing that was on my mind was him throwing a throwing a ball into the end zone, and and, and even beyond that. Throwing it to Jason Sanders, right, for the for the catch, right. It's unbelievable how that play turned out, and and really just kind of deflated Philadelphia yes, for a yeah. while, and kept Miami in it because yeah. you needed six there. Yeah. You, you couldn't settle for a field goal because yeah. you you felt like this team wasn't going to be able to keep climbing back yeah. into a game that you're chasing Philadelphia. But you know they ended up getting getting that play. They're only a point behind. Uh, in terms of being able to keep pace. But then, it, as you mentioned, you start out the third quarter with that onside kick. You feel like, okay, I, I can take the, aggression, yeah. the aggressive approach. But it, it really shortened the field for the Eagles. They go right down and yep. score to make it 28-14. Now you're going, I don't yeah, know. That's, yep. That might be a little bit too much for yep. the Dolphins right yep. now. No, no doubt about it. But, uh, yeah, it was um, – you know, there, there, were, there were two plays in that game to me that really – ignited this team and kind of and it really got him out of the doldrums and then the first one was a 44 yard touchdown to Devontae where you, first of all he's able to make the catch oh man second he's able to stay in bounds right. and take it into the end zone for the touchdown and all of a sudden after really kind of just being you know just kind of nothing nothing going right for <laughs> you you're down 10 nothing all of a sudden you go man we're back in this game i know you know so so that was one of them and and the other one was was the uh you know was the 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 kick the the fake field goal right. for the touchdown that that I, I think just just tore the guts out of that football team it did uh, out of the Philadelphia Eagles they, you know someone does something like that to you and man it just it's embarrassing it, it, it's embarrassing and, and and you know momentum just just makes a big all those Eagle fans I think about half of them puked oh, in the stands man, that was when they saw that happen you know what I I didn't realize how many Eagle fans there were until yeah. um, you know they started coming in and and. During pregame warm-up, I'm hearing some booing going yeah. on. I'm looking at the Eagles tunnel, looking for the Eagles players. It was our players. Yeah. And that's how many fans they had early at the game. But, boy, the tide started yeah, to change. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the two plays that kind of turned the tide for the Dolphins and really stuck <clears throat> it to Philly. The two drives for me really stand out. And I think the best drive of the, the entire season so far was after Philadelphia makes it 28-14. to 14. Yeah. 
Fitzpatrick goes five for five for sixty-four yards, yep. and we did have we didn't have one negative play in the drive. Kasicki went for eleven. Then he goes for twenty-one. Smythe goes for six. Wilson goes for nine. We had a Gaskin run in, yep. Gaskin run in there for eleven, and then you get the seventeen-yarder where Devontae goes up over the top, and you answer right away. And even though you miss the extra point, you go, you know what? We're back in this yep. game. And the other one was when the Dolphins, I think they went ninety-six yards to yeah, open yeah. the fourth quarter, and what a drive that was. And and they ultimately take the lead on that drive with Laird going in for his first yep. NFL touchdown. Yeah, and I tell you what, a little spark that Laird gave you yeah. in that football game, you know, and and you knew he's you know he's a smart kid works hard and you knew he was going to be ready uh for it and, and so you talk another guy you talk about gaskin him and then goes those guys that boy they really intrigue you for yeah you know they're getting valuable experience and the good thing about these guys bo when we saw them in the preseason and now we saw them in live action yeah it looks exactly the yep. same yep. there hasn't been much change yep. you know what we liked in the, the preseason, you, you like you, right now. You like in game in a game situ- live game situation. Yep. Those are good traits to yep. have. So you get the win. Uh, you got the Jets coming up, and John. Now there, no, you know this is. I, I have never been in a situation like this where, where you're looking at wins and losses, and where are we going to be at the end? I know when when position because you know, you're sitting there like like I think everybody that was the a, Dolphins may be favored I, I, I in think, this game. I going think up everybody there. in that stadium that was a Dolphin fan. Forget all the the Eagle fans, right. but was watching that Cincinnati Jets game. Did you hear the cheer? Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. I know. Everybody's watching. Thank you God, know. Cincinnati. Yeah, they, thank God they got the loss. You know. And you think, well, look. At that time, you're kind of sorry. Yeah, but worst comes to worst, you know. At least we right. move up a little we'll in the move, yeah, in exactly. the draft category. Yeah. But but so everybody won, right? <laughs> Washington won. Oh, I know. There's they a little, little cheer yeah. for Washington yeah, right. too. <laughs> so, but but now you you know you. You, you think about you, you you know it's only human nature to to start looking ahead a little bit and boy it just gives you mixed emotions you know, know. You, you know you felt so good for that team coming off the field after battling it that win like that and you know and it, you know not the same type of game but it was a it was it was like an Alabama like the Alabama game the night before right, right right back and forth a lot more at stake in the Alabama game but same type of thing yeah. just a you you score I score you score I score you score I yes. score one of those because the Dolphins six six their last six possessions they scored on on they scored on every one of them right. five touchdowns in the field and, and a field goal and that field goal was huge scored, too. no no doubt about absolutely, it absolutely the way the game ended up so but you're in that dilemma now where you're going oh you know and Got all these draft choices, and you know, the last thing you want to do is that first, your first pick in the draft, be like number thirteen or oh, something. You no, know? don't even know. That would be <laughs> that would give you the shakes, right? But you know, you're right. You do have to think about that. And you know, the Jets have the dubious distinction of now losing to two zero and seven teams yeah. uh, at one point in the season, uh, and now you go to the Meadowlands, and you, you, the Dolphins might have might be the favorite yeah. team, yeah, in terms of. Going on the road, and Adam Gase, I'm sure, is taking a lot of heat. I'm sure Sam sure. Darnold's taking a lot of heat. Yep. I know Adams has a sprained ankle. He His availability is probably going to be yep. questionable You know, come game time. So there's a lot of uncertainty right now uh, for, for Gang Green. Yeah, no no doubt about it. You know, there's, a, there's an interesting thing, and i got to tell you this, this story. Um, you probably heard when I, I, I mentioned in the postgame. Um, after the touchdown uh, uh, for, for Jason Sanders – um, I was over on the sideline, third quarter, is a timeout, and Jason walks by me. I go, Jason, you you, you keep the football, right? The the, yeah, the, the, the one he scored a touchdown right. on because I threw saw it up because I th- saw him throw yeah. it up in the air. So I, I asked him. I said, did, did you save the football? He said, No. He said it's still in play because it was a kicker's ball. 
Oh, that's right. So the ball was still in play. He goes, he goes, no, it's still in play, but after I kick the game winner, I'll keep it then. No way. He told me in that the third in the, quarter. He told me that in the third quarter. That's awesome. And I'm just sitting there going, you know, well, well. and then it gets there and I go, I'll be goddamn. <laughs> Here it is, 51 yards. The ball, the ball he scored a that's touchdown unbelievable. with. Kicks a, you know, wasn't the game winner, but it was a it was certainly was a was, you know, important m- kick. important kick in the game. Yeah. And for him to say that, first it told me a lot about his confidence because he had missed the extra point, right? right? And so he's got that on his mind. But and, and he didn't like he just he, just matter of fact no it's still in play but I'll get it when I kick the you game. You know Jason might have to add a couple panels to that football with all the stuff he's got to write on yeah, that one no football doubt. right no doubt about touchdown it. catch yeah miss the extra point that'll be in a little <laughs> little small print yeah. and then and then a fifty some yarder to, to really ice the game yeah, no doubt great. about that so we got the Jets coming up this week uh, Meadowlands. Who knows? You see the game again with the Giants. It was a little, little dusty, a little, yeah, snow was, dust, little dust of snow that on that uh, on that field. Not sure exactly what the temperature is going to be up there. I'll look at that a little later on in the week. Uh, so you're uh, get, getting ready to go for that, and 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 you know there's in back to back weeks that that Dolphin Jet rivalry has been. Uh, it's you know I, I jumped in it to a, to a 1976, and it didn't take long for me to to figure out what it was all about, and it's been going strong ever since. And and one of the guys that um, has played a big part. In in many Dolphin Jet games, but had probably one of the most memorable plays in in NFL history. You see it all the time. Nat Moore, so Nat's uh, Nat's going to join us here uh, to tell us a little bit about uh, about his experience in that game uh, way back in 1984 uh, in, in a game where the Dolphins were playing pretty well when they walked into at the time at the time the Meadowlands Giant Stadium, whatever the hell they called it at that time. <laughs> All right, joining us now, uh, Nat Moore, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this Dolphins-Jet rivalry, and now we're going to take you back to 1984. Dolphins come into the game up there in the Meadowlands, 9-0 and record. Uh, in, in your recollection, how good was that football team? I tell you what, um, you know, when I when I think about the the, the Miami Dolphins back in, in those years, you know, the ability to score, the ability to put up points. I mean, uh, you know, with Duper Clay Barino, Joe Rose, Cecil Lowe, Bruce Hardy, um, Dan Dan uh, Johnson, Jim Jensen. I mean, Tony, you just, you name it. Marino had a weapon. And it was just a matter of who. And uh, the Jets were always our, our, our rivalry. Yeah. You know, they were the the team that no matter what, uh, they were going to play us tough. And uh, we either had great games or we just basically stunk up the joint. So um, that team was pretty good. Uh, uh, both teams were really good. Yeah. I remember the rivalry. And, you know, one thing about that rivalry I remember, Nat, is that a lot of the guys from the Jets would come down here during the off season, and and you knew them. So you it was a rivalry because it was Dolphin Jets, but it's also because you, you knew a lot of those guys who were on the other side of the line. Yeah, I think that 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 also helped. But you know, the difference is there there was so much smack going on mm-hmm. in the off season. You know, because of who won or or, yep. or lost the the previous season, and so it just made those games more eventful. I mean, you you go back to the Jets firing their coach in '82 because um, it rained before the championship <laughs> game, and 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 Richard Todd threw three interceptions, yep. made AJ Dewey the greatest linebacker in, in Dolphin history catch the interceptions that day. Um, and they on the way home they fired the coach as if he played. Yep. Then they said that well we didn't put the toss out and you know we wet the field down. I mean they were always full of excuses. So that just it, it showed how much 
each team hated to lose each other. I've heard that as much as you, and I usually answer it the same way. We'll beat you three many three times that year. How many times do you have to beat a team before you realize <laughs> you just ain't that good? You know, so I'll leave it at that. But hey, it, Nat, after playing, you know, I remember playing so many games in Shea Stadium, and they were they were dog fights, and it was you know the the grass and the dirt infield and all that, and uh, so now we go into the brand new uh, Meadowlands Stadium, Giant Stadium, if you will. Uh, it was a Monday night. And, and, and do you remember that environment, the amount of energy that was in the stadium that evening? Well, you know, Monday night football is, is always special. And, and uh, one way or another, whatever you do, you want to make sure you play your best on Monday night, strictly because everybody is watching. I mean, you know, it's not like Sunday when there's uh, 15 games going on during the day and, you know, people are watching their favorite team. But on Monday night, it's the only game in town. Everybody's watching, including the the other teams uh, across the league. So it was it was just super important that uh, Monday night you brought your best game. And um, uh, we normally did. I mean, uh, you know, we had some great battles with the Jets on Monday night, but we also had some battles with with uh, the Bears on Monday night. It was just something about Monday night that the intensity went up, and uh, the, the the crowds are electric at that point in time. Well, Nat, you had a, a really good game in that Monday night football game. You had five catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. In fact, in your career, I know you've had 12 100-yard games. Five of those came against the Jets, whether that was in Shea Stadium or in Giants Stadium. You always had big games against the Jets, and you had 11 touchdowns against them more than any other team. Was there something that, you know, other than the rivalry, was it the matchup or was it, it just something that you knew how to, you had to score points against those guys that got you open and, and had you boost those numbers up against the Jets? Well, you know, when you think about it, Johnny, it, it's – Everybody wants to play in New York. You know, even though you're playing in the Meadowlands, we started out, we play, we played in Chase Stadium and then eventually into the Meadowlands. But playing in New York or playing against uh, a New York team was special. And you really wanted to get your game up for that. And, you know, the one time I broke my leg, it was against the Jets in New York. Uh, but, you know, more times than not, I was able to have big games uh, and win more games. Uh, it was just something about it. Uh, it wasn't as much matchup because we, you know, in those days we really didn't care. I mean, we went left and right uh, when I first started in the league with Warfield, and then after that we went split and flank. So we're always going against different guys instead of the same guy all the time. But it was just the keenness of uh, making sure that when we played the Jets, we played well. I mean, think about it. In South Florida, you have a zillion New Yorkers here. You know, this is where they come when, when it gets cold. This is where when they decide to leave New York and, and, and move to a warmer climate, they come to South Florida. So it is extremely important when we're playing the Jets that we play well and that we get the victory. Well, the Dolphins played well. You played well in that game, and you started fast. The Dolphins jumped out to a 7 nothing lead on your 37-yard touchdown catch. You were wide open on the play. What do you remember, Nat, about that touchdown? Um, 
not a whole lot, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, the the, the 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 reality of it is, is that you know, I, I had, like you said, I had quite a few touchdowns against the Jets, but even more so, you know, when you're out there on the field, you're not thinking, you're just you you're running your routes, you know what the play call, you're looking to read the defense, and you trust your teammates and your quarterback that they're gonna get you the ball. And unlike today's athletes, you know, in those days, we didn't do a whole lot of celebrating. You know, we we gave the official the ball, went to the sideline, trying to figure out how we're gonna score again. So, you know, to me, going up against the Jets, it was all about staying focused time after time again. You know, um, if, if I got ahead of myself or, or et cetera and start thinking about things that weren't relevant to that point in time, then I probably was going to make a mistake or screw something up. Now, I, I know this. It was a third down play that, on that touchdown. And, and you're always such a good receiver on third down. What, what made you that type of receiver? Well, I think it was twofold. One, I was willing to accept that 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 title, that job. You know, I mean, winning football is is doing what's asked, doing what's needed by the coach. You know, where when I first came in the league, I was the leading receiver on the team, and you know, I I was a guy that they wanted to get the ball to. And then at some point, you get guys that are good at doing that as well, but they need you to be that guy that can move the chains. They they need to be that guy that can read the defense and and make sure that. Um, you can find that hole to get open, you know. Um, so I think a lot of it was just my knowledge of of uh, offense and 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 defenses, reading defenses, and then the the confidence that uh, Dan and Bob and all those guys had in me throughout the years that um, they they believed I was going to get open, so they they got me the ball. So Nat, I got put on the spot here. Bo told me to ask you this question, so I'm going to ask you this question. It's the opening drive of the third quarter. Dolphins are trailing 10-7. Third and seven from the Jets' 33-yard line. You catch a pass from Danny. 25-yarder. It's a first down. Fumble on the play. Coach is on the sidelines. Do you remember what was said between yourself? Probably not a whole lot going one way, but a whole lot coming the other way from Coach Shula. Well, let me put it like this. I cannot say that publicly on the air of the nice things that he said. <laughs> but I can tell you this here, Johnny. He got his point across. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing about Coach Shula. You know, that some people called him a tyrant at times, but he made sure you understood that making mistakes and putting the ball on the ground and, 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 and hurt your team was unacceptable. And, uh, you know, he used to have a saying that anybody can play when they're healthy. So even when you were beat up and bruised, you know, he didn't want to hear the excuse. He wants you to line up and not let the team down. And uh, I think a lot of players became better players because that, uh, of the way he drove you to perform. And um, after I fumbled the football, uh, the last words he said to me, and I could say this publicly, we'd have been better off if you didn't catch it because then we could have punted it away. Always looking at at situations. Hey, next drive comes up. William Judson uh, comes in. He blocks a a field goal. uh, Get the ball back on on the 18-yard line. Drive it down the field. Second and 20 from the Jets' 23-yard line. Marino hits you for 20 yards after the catch. And here it comes. You get spun around, hit by – What's the kid's name? Shroy? Did it hit you? Shroy and, 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 and Springs. And Kurt Springs. And Kurt yes. Springs. And it became, and I know this aggravates the hell out of you, the helicopter <laughs> catch. <laughs> what do you remember about that play? 
to be honest, the, the thing that's most memorable about that to me was that um, I catch the ball, and because we had ran the same identical play when I fumbled the ball before, you know, it was uh, 87 uh, go, and I'm going through the middle, and, and I fumble the ball after I catch it. This time, I got a chance to score again, and I'm going. I'm going to go up over Ken Troy. I see him at the five yard line. I'm going up over him and fall into the end zone. And then, you know what? Then what? Shula's going to have to say, right? And uh, true enough, I, I I start over his shoulder, and I'm halfway over, and then Kurt Springs hits my shoulder, and I start spinning. And the only thing that was going through my mind is, whatever you do, do not let this damn ball go and have to see Shul again. <laughs> see, you know, today that might have been a, that might have been a a, a a penalty for uh, oh that guy uh, he wouldn't have been able to play for yeah, like ten years. No those two guys. Wait, do you, you remember right. what you're thinking in the air? Hey, hold on to the football. There's no way in the world I was going to have to go see Shula because I fumbled again. I mean, Bo, when he said to me, we'd have been better off if you didn't catch the damn ball. At least we could have punted it away. That hurt my ego yeah. as an athlete and a football player, right? So now I got a chance to make up for it, almost score. And now I can go over there and prowl and put it in his face. And when I'm spinning, I'm thinking, just don't let it go. You know what's I great mean, about that, Nat? And, you you know, you've made so many great big catches in your career and so many big games. Like you remember on Monday night, you know, taking a five-yarder and going 25 for six. But in that game, you, you, see, you always see that. You always see that play. So 35 years later, you're remembered for a lot of catches, and that one, just one of them. What do you remember yeah. about – about just going through that play and, and it's holding on to the football one, but you, you said you thought you were going to score. Yeah. I mean, we caught the perfect coverage again, you know, both times we caught perfect coverage and you know, when you got four, you got four goal routes. Well, the safety cannot be right. And you know, with the, with the, the gun that Dan has, he's going to be able to fit it in. And this time he fits it in and I've got plenty of time to catch the football uh, and try and score. So all I'm thinking of is, I got one guy in front of me. Uh, I can't run over him, but I can go up and over him and land in the end zone. So there's a chance for me to score a touchdown here. And in the process, I'm halfway over before I get hit. And that's when my whole goal changed from <laughs> scoring a touchdown to not letting that damn football go. <laughs> that's right. You, you, you know, we, we've seen you know we've seen your touchdowns against the Bears in the '85 game and so many other touchdowns. But this seems to be the one that you know. This it, it it's like a piece of gum on the bottom of your 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 foot. It never goes away. It's always sticking yeah. around. How many times do you think you've seen that play in your lifetime? Uh, way too many, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, because that was the one time I got the dog crap knocked out, I and mean, yeah. landed pretty softly, and was lucky I didn't get hurt. But you know, it's it's it's. I'm so grateful it made me famous. It made, yeah. it, 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 it's a clip that they play all the time, so I can't complain. Uh, but, but I look at plays like that, and, and I'm getting the notoriety. But there were 10 other guys yeah. on that same down did their job perfectly too, which allowed me to be able to make that play. Yeah. And I think that's what I enjoyed most about my NFL career. You know, not just the big catches, but the guys I played with and, and how we all, you know, sort of gave of ourselves for each other. Yeah. I mean, that's why um, 
during those days, we won so many ball games. There was no petty jealousies. It was all about how are we going to win today? Uh, and and uh, Dan spread the ball around very well, kept everybody uh, engaged. And Coach Shula did a good job of, of making sure the offense was, was uh, a wide-open offense where we could take, care, take advantage of all that talent we had. Yeah, we get a touchdown from Woody Bennett, and uh, go-ahead touchdown makes it 14-10. Go on to win 31-17. to Left the game, left the Meadowlands with a 10 nothing record. Uh, was there any thoughts in your mind of, hey, you know, perfect season. Can, can we be the second one in, in team history and league history to get it done? No, no, that, that, that's putting it too far out front. You know, the, the difference is you just want to keep winning and be there at the end of the year. Um, you know, Bo, I came in with the Dolphins right after they had just won two Super Bowls had been to three and just knew I was going to the Super Bowl when I signed as a rookie in, in 74. And we went out there and lost to the Raiders and it took us eight, nine years, 1982 to get mm-hmm. back. So at some point you start to realize that, you know, just getting to the Super Bowl is difficult enough. Yeah. Less more trying to win every game. So you don't worry about that. You, you all, all, the only thing that Coach Shula had us focus on was how do we win the next game? And then we'll worry about the game after that. And I think that was probably the biggest key to his success is he kept us focused on the task at hand. Yeah, no doubt. They appreciate your time, Nat. Uh, good memories from that game, good memories from a lot of games, and appreciate you uh, taking the time out to be with us today. Uh, anytime. And, uh, you know, well, this is Jet Week. And uh, once again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to us going up there and waxing the damn Jets. Yeah, we are. I'm with you. <laughs> Same here, Nat. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks, Thank- buddy. All right, John, so uh, Jets coming up. Um, you know, three straight wins by the Jets. Looked like they turned things around. Uh, guys are getting better, and all of a sudden they, they go and, and lay an egg against Cincinnati in a game that Cincinnati needed to win. They, they bring uh, Andy Dalton back, which I was happy to see. I was too. Uh, because it gives them an opportunity to win. They were, they were going to win a game with the other guy in there. Right. So, uh, but, the, but the Jets get rocked, and, and they're going to be a football team that, that wants to bounce back, and, and certainly in front of their home fans, and, and, and try to turn this thing around quickly. Well, I think so. I mean, the expectations were not where uh, they are in the standings right now. They had much bigger bigger expectations and the reality is that you know you lose in one season to two teams that are completely trying to remake their rosters and you get another second chance at the Miami Dolphins coming back to the Meadowlands I I think that at MetLife Stadium that's going to be a a different team that we that we face this Sunday I I think they're going to be ready to play I think there's a lot of pressure on uh, on Adam Gase and their coaching staff to to be able to not lose to the Miami Dolphins you know in uh, two games in one year, yeah. especially this version of what they think this team could, you know, is right now. Uh, but, but reality is reality. The Dolphins feel pretty good about themselves, and they're going to go up and they're going to battle and they're going to work yeah. and they're going to they're going to try everything they can to win a game on the road. And and right now, I just feel a lot of confidence with this team. Yeah. Uh, and what what at least what you're going to expect to see. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but I, I think you know how they're going to play. Yeah. They're going to play it for 60 minutes, and that's one good thing. That's- what, what do you what do you make of Sam Darnold? Uh, he's been hot and cold, and you know, he, against Cincinnati, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked four times. The Dolphins sacked him four times uh, when they came down here and played at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, and and it's it's really hard for me to get a 
a hand because sometimes you look at him, you go, "Wow!" He, he's, the one thing that you don't question about his him, arm, his arm he, strength, he's his got arm the ability talent. to throw yeah. the ball, you throw every pass in the book. Yeah, and and he's a big, strong guy. He's mobile, mobile. enough in the pocket; yeah. he can do things. He can run if he has to. Doesn't really want to, but can run if he has to. But boy, it just seems like I think Bo, it's up It just front. seems like there's something missing out there. I think it's up front. I think they have the Jets have the same issues the Dolphins have yep. gone in and out of this year. Early, the offensive line was a liability in terms of run and pass yep. protection. I think now the Dolphins are, are still struggling to run the football with efficiency, but the pass protection, other than early in the Philly game, yep. has gotten for, on the majority. A lot better. Yep. It's been a lot better. Hasn't been great, but it's been a lot yep. better. And I think the Jets are kind of going through those same types of issues with turnstile guys, uh, guys that are injured, guys that are coming in to play two weeks, and then they're gone. And then yep. you got you know another name up there. And I, I think with the inexperience of Darnold, I don't think he's handling it as well as Fitzpatrick is handling yep. his situation with the Dolphins. So I, I think it's a... It's one of those shared things. The quarterback's been good, and when they've been good, they've been okay. But it's been the line play that has been very inconsistent. Yeah, we're going to have to slow down. Someone's who's walking in here on us now. All right, here he is, Matt Hawk. Matt, thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me. Hey, um, let me, first, first let me ask you, after Sunday's game, probably even during Sunday's game, how many texts, how many messages – how many people tried to contact you after that? Uh, countless. It's, yeah. And they're still coming. It's It's been pretty crazy. Been a wild week for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, let, let's, let's, let's take us take us through the the, uh, the fake play. First, when I, when I saw it, I'm like, I, I'm just, you know, I've seen some wild formations in a lot of different things, but first time I've seen that one, um, did, the go play, did the play go exactly as planned? It was, it's pretty crazy because it, it actually did. It was exactly how we drew it up. Um, there there had been talk like, hey, what if they do this? What if they do that? But, I mean, exactly how Coach Crossman and Coach Flo yeah. thought it would work out is exactly how they played it. You know, I watched the replay, and, and you know, certainly you made the play. You made the pass, and, uh, you know, it gets caught in the end zone. Um, but the guy to me that really – that's kind of the, the, un, the unsung hero – is uh, is your center, 100%. right? I 100% Who, who's agree. got he's got uh, got a guy guy wide on him. He's got to get around and hook him, and, and he's able to get outside him hooking and give you the opportunity uh, to make the play. And Kilgore did a, a a pretty good job on that. Yeah, he did a great job. And actually, we added if you I don't know if y'all saw a little fake to the side we yep. weren't going. Yep. So that was to try to freeze those two guys in yep. the middle. To give us time to get around, yeah, the just edge. a little jab step was enough just to get that guy to yep. to hesitate just a froze, little bit, and let him get around. Froze his feet, and that's all we needed. But but you know, it's one of those plays. It takes you know, the other guys may be all out there, but it, but it takes everyone really to make that play. Oh yeah, they got to sell the outside release because if they don't, then who knows? Maybe all the guys lined up over them are crashing in the middle, and then Jason may never even been open. So 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 how does how does Jason? Get open, get that open on that. Is it just the fact that there's a linebacker over and he goes, "Well, this guy's never going to get the ball. Let me just let him go and and go chase you down." I think that's part of it. I also think the element of surprise, yeah. the special teams play, um, and also I think the fake that we ran earlier this year had a big impact yeah. on it. It was fourth and one. We had ran ran the ball earlier this year, so I think that had a heavy impact on what how they reacted yeah. to me running at him, and then he was able to just slip by that defender. Okay, the the um, 
The, the I've heard a couple different things on on the pass itself. I asked I asked Coach Flores in, in his show was it was it supposed to be a, a regular pass? And he said uh, he said I think the I think the I think the the what was told to you was just get it there whatever whichever way you can. Yeah, the best way. So, you know? the word Coach Crossman used was "we're throwing the bunny." So I'll just <laughs> give it an easy pass to yeah. Jason to catch. Um, to be honest, in practice, I threw it a few different ways just based on a reaction. Yeah. Um, but honestly, never in practice did I throw it like that. Yeah. That was just kind of reaction in the game of how how the window opened up and how fast they had come on me and just how fast I could get it out. Yeah. I thought that was the most efficient way in the time, and it was honestly just reaction to what I saw. So I'm sure you you tossing the ball like that is a little bit a little bit gut wrenching, uh, and and then a little gut wrenching on the other side with Jason. All alone, having that ball coming there. Right. Anybody who's been in that situation like that before knows how easy it is to to leave that thing on the ground. But he doesn't do it, and right. uh, which was which just just made it spectacular. Right. And we had we had joked throughout the past few weeks. Um, what if this happens? What if this happens? Yeah. And um, I thought he did a really good job because I, I I didn't like throw it very hard. You know, he yeah. kind of had to stop and wait for it. But he did a good job of coming down with it. Um, he did a little backwards roll with it, yeah. I think, or something. But he, I thought he played it very well. And, and he t- tossed the ball up in the air. Um, and who, who ended up with the football? So I have it right now. But what a lot of people don't know is when he tossed it up in the air, it actually went in the stands. So the fans technically can keep that ball. Yeah. Um, but the special teams rule with footballs is you only get three per game, yeah. and they have to work on them before the game or whatever. So that was our number one ball. So yeah. that was the best – best football we had for kicking so we actually had to have our equipment guys go get the ball back yeah. put so, it back in play so we could use it the rest of the game yeah. and then and then jason gave it to me so so jason jason got it he caught the touchdown pass but he gave it to you i i think that's how it is i, I don't yeah. know he got he got to the facility before me yeah. on uh tuesday so i don't know whose locker it was in but yeah. it ended up in mine it's a pretty special place one of those plays that, i mean it's you see it seems like you see it every day now can't turn on the tv or NFL Network or ESPN or any of those, and and not see it. Uh, that, that's got to be a, a pretty pretty fun thing for for you and your family to know that that thing's going to be there for a long, long time. Uh, it's, it's very cool. I mean, not a lot of times specialists in general get to experience something yeah. like that. Um, it's actually funny. The day after the game, uh, my parents were actually at the game, and um, we went out to lunch before they had to fly out and we're eating lunch and turn around and look at the TV and they're yeah. playing the replay and breaking it down and everything. So it was pretty cool. Hey, uh, there's there's the picture out there of of you as you're throwing the ball, and you got this smile and this look on your face like you know it's going to work. Uh, <laughs> what was that all about? I mean, I mean, to be honest, it all happened so fast. Like I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Um, but you've seen the pictures. Yeah, I think it was probably more of a um, probably defense mechanism seeing yeah. all those guys coming at me. But you never know. Maybe I did see Jason wide open yeah. and grinned a little bit. I don't know, but I'll take it that we won and that yeah. it worked. <laughs> it fits into all. Hey, speaking of, now that certainly that's a big play for you in your career. But um, you, you've done such a good job, and, and as a punter here, punter anywhere in the National Football League, you, you're kind of uh, the, you know, you, you guys, you, three guys are by yourself together all the time. The snapper and the, the punter and the holder and uh, going through all this, all the, all those things. Um, but you've done a good job changing field position, giving this team opportunities, a team that struggled at times uh, but have, got, have gotten better each and every week. And, and, and a lot of it's being – a lot of it goes to your ability to, 
change field position. And you've been doing that since you've been here. Are, are you happy with the way your the trajectory that your career is going? And uh, I don't know. And, and this season, I know it's been a little rough, but um, you happy with everything you've done? Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I my goal is to always get better. I mean, yeah. um, I've had a few good games here and there, a few bad games here and there. I mean, the best thing I can do is forget about the last game and try to be better the next game. And I mean, that's my main focus now. So. Um, I've felt good about what I've done for this team, yeah. and um, as long as I can keep putting our team in a position to win um, and get better every day, that's that's the goal. When did you start punting? <laughs> that's actually a crazy story. So in high school, I played receiver. Yeah. I actually came in as a running back. They flipped me to receiver, and when I got to the varsity level, I think it was my junior year, um, my head coach came up to me and said, you're punting. So it's kind of one of those things where yeah. like, all right, we did a rollout punt. Yeah. So it was a, literally a fake every single time we were out on the field. And if it wasn't there, I just pushed it down the field. Yeah. Um, and then before my senior year um, of high school, I went to a kicking camp at Iowa State just to kind of learn how to punt mm -hmm. traditionally, just in case I ever needed it. Um, and Jamie Cole was there. I don't know if you guys have heard of Cole's kicking. Mm -hmm. um, he was there. I ended up winning the camp and was like, well, who are you? I've never heard of you. Yeah. Um, you could punt in college if you wanted. And I was like, eh, I don't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm a receiver, you know. Yeah. I'm just here for, I'm just here to learn. Um, long story short, my dad was up till 3 in the morning talking to him on the phone. And I wake up and we're on a plane to Arizona, California, down to Miami yeah. um, at all these camps. And I think about a week or three days after that, I got a scholarship from ASU. And... From then on, I was a punter. And, but you finished your you finished your high school career punting and and still playing wide receiver. Yes. yes. So you you so you're you're you've got an you got a lot of athletic ability that that you're not getting to use right now. Well, it's well not you're not getting to use them, but you know right. I use them in a different way. Um, punting itself is a it's pretty athletic. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people probably don't think that you just kick a ball, right? Yeah. But you're kicking a moving ball. It's all these little technique and details you go into it, but um. Yeah, it's it's a at first in college it took me it honestly probably took me a full year to really like adjust and transition into punting yeah. cuz I I went from playing almost the whole game yeah. to six plays a game maybe and it was it was actually very hard on me at first um but I love it. The um the work that goes into it every day um it's kind of thankless cuz you know, you guys are over there kind of by yourself and and doing it and but but those you know it's become a tight group and, and certainly uh, before John Denny left, well, that, that was uh, you guys were together for so long, every day doing all that stuff. How, how tight are you um, uh, as a group with the kicker and Sander with Sanders and Holder and, and yourself? What's that that relationship like? Uh, I think it's got to be tight, um, which makes moments like uh, the Mountaineer shot even more special because yeah. you're doing it with your best friends on the team, you yeah. know. But we're actually very tight. Jason actually. Me and him lived together for the, his first year, this yeah. past year, and uh, uh, Pepper just came in. But I thought he, I think he's been doing a good job, and we've all we've all grown pretty close. And we go out to dinner every Friday yeah. night before the games and stuff. So I think being close is is key to success. You've been around for a while. A uh, completely different year now than what what you've experienced. What most people in the National Football League have experienced. How tough has it been for you? And and what is it about this team 
that even through the offers until you get your wins and still you start playing better, what is it about this team has been able to get better each and every week? You know, had a little little dip after uh, after your second win, but you bounce back and, and get this win. But it seems like every week playing hard, every game, and every week it seems like everyone in that field is getting a little bit better, a little bit better, and a little bit better, and a little bit better as a group. Absolutely, and that's been the main message from Coach Flores. Uh, is getting better every week, individually and as a team. And I think a lot of guys are buying into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it shows on the field, I think, for sure. Um, and it's not listening to all the distractions outside of outside of the facility because Coach Flores always says what matters is the guys mm-hmm. in this room, the guys in this organization. So I think being able, or the guys being able to kind of uh, tune out the, mm-hmm. the negative, um, I think has been huge for us. And... Um, I think these guys in the soccer room are just relentless. Everyone wants to win. Um, everyone's competitive and stuff. So I think just getting better every week and that will to win, and I think it's showing up. Man, appreciate you stopping by, man. Thank you. Keep, keep it going. Appreciate keep booting it. the ball, and who knows, maybe we'll see you toss another touchdown. I was going to ask you, so if, if if something happened to Fitz and he went down, <laughs> something happened to, to Rosen and he went down, are you the, are you the next man up or what? I hope not. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that would go very well, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, we'll have to wait and see. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. All right, Seth, that's a lot of fun there. A little surprise there to kind of catch us off guard. But uh, getting back to where we were, John, uh, going up to the Meadowlands, it's it's going to be it's going to be cold up there. And you know, the Dolphins got lucky. Got lucky twice this season. They got lucky. In Pittsburgh, that it wasn't bad, and they got lucky going to Cleveland, which was actually absolutely spectacular yeah. day in, in Cleveland. So they've they've dodged the bullet when it comes to games late in in, in bad places. I don't think they're going to dodge the bullet this week. I don't think you're going to find yourself next week saying it was spectacular. No. in terms of weather in no. New York, I, no. I just don't see it. Especially, you know, the Dolphins got very lucky this week. It was a week later because of that big ice storm, yep. and snow, and all the stuff that hit the Northeast. But you hope it's decent. If it's decent, it's decent for yep. both teams. You know, I, I think those teams have an advantage sometimes when it gets bitter yep. because they're they're in it and they're pra- they have an opportunity to practice in it and and kind of get acclimated to it. So hey, the Dolphins going to play their game. They're going to go out and play for sixty minutes. They're yep. going to go out and and try to not beat themselves. Number one, and that's the one good thing you can count on with a. a this coaching staff and the way they've been able to relate to the players in terms of pre-snap penalties and mistakes and turnovers. So uh, I'm looking forward to the Dolphins uh, playing well again. I just don't know, you know, on the road against a team that that just had the the gut punch yeah. uh, at Cincinnati, uh, you know, against Cincinnati, yeah. how they're going to respond. Yeah. Well, it's going to line up and play and see how it ends up. That's going to do it for uh, this edition of the Audible. For John Conjemi, I'm Kim Bocamper. Hopefully we're talking about another win next week, and it's been a good one after this one. I'll tell you, this was, was a, fun. This was a good week this last week, and, and, and again, I, I just, you know, for, for – and, John, you see it every day. You're out of practice every day. As hard as these guys work, Boy, to get that 15 minutes in the locker room afterwards is it's worth everything to to those guys and I'm happy as happy as can be to, I am to see them happy, get that opportunity. Happy for everyone in the organization are able to to you know share that that yep. joy and that passion because they work so hard at what they and do. I hope they get used to it and we get a lot of that's a lot right. more of them coming coming next year and, and the year after exactly. that. Exactly. Moving on down the way. That's gonna do it for the audible. We'll catch you next week. Have be safe and uh, we'll talk to you then. <laughs>